0: Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello!
1: Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how to master your metrics, how to unleash the power of those email marketing analytics, the numbers, and how it doesn't have to be as snoozeworthy as you perhaps
0: thought. Now I know that after this episode, like most episodes, you are going to have questions and things. of, how does this apply to me, and how can I use it, and be dead excited about this? And we don't want that to um to disappear. So, we'd love you to come and chat about this stuff in our free Facebook group. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. Thousands and thousands of other business owners, just like you and me, all talking about how this stuff applies to them and their business every single day. All you have to do is uh, head over to Facebook on your phone or on your computer, and you can just search, or whatever futuristic device you're using if you listen to this 10 years from now and just search for the email marketing show community uh, and you'll be able to go ahead and request to join the group it's totally free the email marketing show community
1: he still remembers the first card trick he ever learned
0: it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and he prefers to cook with only the hood light on its psychological mind reader kennedy The Americans are going to be thinking, "Well, why is he cooking next to the car?" <laughs> but the hood, yeah, I just, yeah. I just put my car up
1: outside the kitchen, kitchen. window. Lift No, so I'm talking handle. about
0: the thing that goes above the um, like the um, the air sucker sort of thing.
1: The air extractor. And I, like, I just think the moodiness of just that light on. Maybe the oven if I sleep in there. And I just feel all romantic, like I'm in some rom-com. and just want to snog
0: myself. It is hard to see where the carrots end and your fingers begin when it's dark. So you're not careful when you're chopping. The broccoli's not so difficult, but the carrots. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, this first cartridge, trick, learned. do you want to show us it? Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: And then, wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. It's very know. good. It's that one, you know. You cut the deck into four piles, and you end up doing some sh- jiggery pokery, and then before you know it, there's four aces on the top of the four piles. Amazing. There you go. Still remember that? It's still one of the first tricks. If somebody goes, "Go on, teach us a, teach us a trick," I can show me mates in the pub. That's the one.
1: Because oh, if I see. could do it,
0: if if I could do that, aged four, they'll be able to do that when they're hammered at the Duckman Parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, every week
1: on the show, we show you how to make more sales and earn, earn more money from your email subscribers. We talk about email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business. With a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday,
0: make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player. So, Analytics. Fortunately, none of that complicated shenanigans like Google Analytics and all those things so no. tracking website analytics. The good news is before we get into this, email analytics are much easier than any of that complication that we don't uh, we don't like looking at.
1: Yeah, and we're never good at the rest of it, but this the good news is about these things is they really help you to figure out where the biggest lever, where your biggest opportunity is for making more. From your emails, which is what we're here talking about every single week, isn't it? And the other great thing is, in general, or pretty much every single analytic you need is in your email platform. Pretty much every single one of them is. There's one which might not be, but we'll. Uh, but it's a really simple one to grab a
0: hold of, right? So. One one Kingdom of the interesting us, things. Yeah, one on. of the interesting things I think ahead of this is that we get asked a lot. You know, people assume that one of the big metrics we're going to suggest you look at is the is the growth in email subscriber rate, and that is a metric you should look at. But that's way down the road from what we're going to really talk about. Like, first, let's talk about. Just assume you've got as many subscribers as you've got and you're never going to get any more, right? <laughs> let's imagine that for a second, lock that down. And then let's focus on the uh, on the the metrics around making that as good as it can be so that when you add more people later, you already know you've got a well-refined engine that's that's working for you.
1: Yeah, and this is the kind of analytics you're going to use to figure out which of your emails are doing well, which of your email sequences or campaigns are doing well, and where there's some room for improvement. For example, um, I think it was the third email in our um, our first sales campaign in our Score Email Engine. It's called an overture campaign. So those of you who are um, in our program, you'll know what an overture campaign is. And that third email, we looked, we went in, and we noticed like the open rate was zero. It wasn't even like low. It was zero. We we're like, what's going on there? Um, because if even though open rates, um, you can't be trusted to say it says this individual human being opened it, therefore they did open it because of the way that Apple and and Android and stuff are, are misreporting that information and screwing with that information. But in general, the percentage is is a good indicator whether you're up or down based on you know last week and last month and the last email and the next email. So, um, but to see zero was kind of a bit of a thing. So we were like, how do we fix that? And um it was really interesting to see how we played around with that um, by t- by playing with the timing of the email, the delay between the previous one and this one, and also through the subject line. To, because at the end of the day, if, someone's, if no one's opening an email, they can't even see the link to click, which means you can't get them to click, increase your click-through rate, which is the next analytic. So we're going to be talking about open rates, and we want you to look at your click through rates—how many, you know, what percentage of people are clicking—that can be displayed in a couple of different ways. By the way, most of them are moving away from um, the bad one, thankfully, because of uh, basically, it's either going to be shown as a the number, the percentage of people who've clicked based on how many people you sent the email to, or it could be shown as a percentage of the people who opened the email. Now, the reason that the systems have moved away from it basing on the percentage of people who've opened is because open rates has broken. So it's probably going to be click-through rate as a percentage of the people who you've sent it to, which means if, if, if your platform has shifted, you might think suddenly your click-through rates drop down through the floor, and, and, and it hasn't. Next one we're going to look at, and we're going to get into these in detail a bit, is uh, your conversion rate. So what, what percentage of conversion did it did it make? You, you sent an email, how many people actually bought from that or um, or or registered for a call or whatever it's gonna be? And your bounce rate. So when you send an email, how many people, how many people's email addresses just were not deliverable and it bounced back? And your unsubscribe rate. Um, there's some good numbers. So again, every time you send an email, the cost of sending an email, um, is that some people will always unsubscribe every every single time you send an email. That's the reason we always say there should always be some kind of offer in every email, because even if you're not making an offer, some people are going to leave and that's a cost to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think let's take a look. Uh, what's the best way to do this? What, let's take a look through them in, uh, order of doing them. Like, yes, okay. Important. Let's do that.
1: I mean, for for members of of our programs, you'll know that we have a, a a training called the Tao of Funnel Optimization, where we take you through these in great detail. So, it once you've set up any email campaign, what we want you to do is take a look at these numbers. What was the open rate of each email in that sequence? What was the click-through rate? What was the conversion rate um, of that sequence? And then overall, for your ent- for your whole email marketing, what's your bounce rate of your email subscribers and what's your unsubscribe rate? And that means you've got a bunch of levers that you can start, start pulling on. Um, so, um, it, Rob, if someone's got a low open rate for their emails, and by low, we're
0: talking about anything less than... 10%, I would say, is low, is pretty oh, low. Oh, I'm going to be meaner than that. I think, oh, yeah. I mean, that is definitely low, but I think if it's less than 100%, no, if it's less than like 30%, I would really be looking at it consistently. I would really yeah. be looking at it and going, that feels very low. But yeah, 10% would be deathly low for sure. I yeah, think, yeah. so So let's say somebody
1: says, dude, I've just launched um a paparazzi sale campaign from us and my open rate on the email's of that campaign, averaged out at 5%. What's yeah. the
0: bis- piece of advice that you would sort of go to straight away? There's two possibilities. One of them is that you've sort of duffed up the subject lines and that that bit. If it's consistent, that's usually indicative. That's usually... Uh, um, clear if you send sort of a bunch of emails and one of them has a particularly low open rate then you might want to tweak that subject line a bit if the whole campaign is low opens i'd really be looking at what's your engagement with management of the whole list so like For example, a lot of people come into our world and join our programs, not everyone, but a lot of people who understandably have built a massive list. They've done zero engagement management at all. Like literally somebody subscribes to their list and unless they unsubscribe, they're still subscribed to the list and they're not doing anything to keep an eye on who's opening, who's clicking, who's not doing anything. And therefore what happens is when they suddenly start sending more emails than they ordinarily have been. Like they you know, get one of our campaigns and they send it out or something and they go, oh, you know, my open rate was 8% on this email, 12% on that email. The first thing you've got to look at is of your list, who actually even is likely to have opened it. For example, um, you're not going to get a stand ovation if you do a gig in a cemetery, are you? Like if, if all the people on the list are dead. I hope it, that'll be horrifying. <laughs> they can't possibly engage, right? So I think that what people do is they go, I've got a list of 10,000 people, and I sent this email to the 10,000 people, and yeah. uh, a, a thousand of them opened it. That's a 10% open rate, right? But yeah. the truth is, if only five thousand of those people are even using that email address anymore. Are even in your industry anymore? You actually only sent it to five thousand people, and you sent it to five thousand absolute waste of spaces. Maybe dead emails, maybe spam traps, maybe people who are still engaged but don't care. Sorry, still subscribe and alive, but don't care anymore because they're you know they're not into um, swing ball anymore. You know, like whatever your niche is. <laughs> is that a sport? That's a game, isn't it? It's a game. It's not a sport. Well, I bet the people who do it say it's a sport. They're Olympians. Anyway, um, athletes. So that's the point, right? So the first thing is to really look. And sometimes you just have to take a long, hard look at your... your, at your business and go, I'm going to let go of this vanity metric that I talked about of how many subscribers I've got. And instead I'm going to, I'm going to delete a bunch of people who are not paying attention after trying to revive them. And so a lot of the time our advice is looking at your list. I think you need to run a big re-engagement thing. That's probably going to result in you deleting half of your email list. And I know that sounds painful, but it's the best possible thing chop it off now um and then and then carry on and what happens is immediately as a vanity thing you as not a vanity thing a reality thing your open rates go up your click-through rates go up that is a sign that you've that you're starting to practice really good list hygiene that you're starting to you know bring your subscribers to a point where you've only got people who really care so again usually if it's one or two emails have a, a particularly uh dicky open rate then it's probably just the fact that you need to tweak those subject lines if it's uh Every time I send an email, the open rate is super low. That's probably indicative that your, your, your engagement management is bad and you're emailing a bunch of people who don't really care anymore.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's now speak about the click through rate. So if you notice, you're getting the opens are pretty good, but just not many people are clicking on the links to your emails, uh, the links to your offers. The first thing I want to say about this is when you first present an offer to somebody, you're going to see higher click through rates than let's say somebody goes through an entire score email engine like a whole bunch of emails talking about your main Rome all roads lead to Rome your main offer and you do that for like say 60 days over that time you're going to see people clicking to different off- different versions of that offer then you're going to see a pretty good um, click through rate on those then in your day-to-day email marketing your You know the emails that you send live each week, you're going to see a lower click-through rate when you're talking about that same offer. Just because the whole point of that longer-term relationship building you're doing with your newsletter is literally about waiting for the right time for people to want to buy that thing. If they'd had a really urgent need for it, they would have bought it already during that first sixty days, during that those first few. Weeks of your automations because that's what those automations are designed to do. Whereas, if the reason that it's just that they haven't bought yet is just because it's not the right time right now, then you're going to expect lower click through rates. And of course, that means uh, lower conversion rates too. But Ways to increase your click-through rate. One of the things that I think you really want to make sure is that it's really obvious that there's something to click. And that you can do this in a few ways. And there's a few things you need to do. Um, One of them is make sure that you say right before or during that link text, click here to watch the video. Click here to enroll. Click here to register. Click here to read read more. Let them know that they can click, and make sure you like, have it blue and underlined. Like, make it look like a link. That's the first bit. Second thing is make it stand out a bit more. So one of the things you're going to do is try putting that link on its own line, separate. In fact, if your, if your click through rate is really low, I would go and swap in the most obnoxious-looking link for the next few weeks to just check that there's not something else going on. So, if you had your current link is partway through a sentence and it's sort of within like a, a bunch of different blocks of text, I would put it onto a brand new line, I'd put some little chevron um, arrows before it, and I'd make it capital letters. So, it's now absolutely obnoxiously standing out. And fr- And now we're basically saying there is a link. <laughs> And then I would go, right, cool. Is my click rate now improving? The answer is yes, great. Now I'm happy to dial it back a little bit. Now I'm going to maybe take it out of caps and take the chevrons out of before it and leave it in blue, but it's still on its own separate line. See how that does. Oh, cool. I found a happy medium. That is lovely. Of course, we're obsessed with getting people to click because... If they don't click, they can't then go to the sales page and buy stuff. So um, we're not gonna go into lots of different ways of getting clicks because they're actually much more visual and this is obviously an audio podcast. So if you go and check out our click tricks uh, book, which you can get for free by going to emailmarketingheroes.com slash tricks, you'll see there are 12 really creative ways of drawing attention to the links in your email so people don't scroll past them so they do see them. So your click-through rate is really... But here's something really interesting. that We did a test oh, a couple of years ago now, Rob, I don't know if you remember this, where we tested the impact of a subject line on the click-through rate and we even found situations where a lower open rate could still from a subject line and o- a lower open rate could end up with a higher click-through rate Do you remember that
0: yeah and sci- uh, and like logic backs it up actually if you really sit and analyze it you know people talk about you're better to have you know if you're doing sales calls people say you're better to have fewer higher qualified sales calls and you'll get you'll get more people buying than if you have loads of sales calls because your sales calls are watered down and they're not as good and you lose momentum and all that jazz. Um, And of course, you've got higher qualified people. The same thing is basically applying here. Uh, What that is, it's you can get fewer, more qualified people opening your emails and therefore more of them end up clicking. So just a weird thing we found. uh, Again, it makes sense if you really back the logic on it. But effectively, what it means is people think that have more subscribers you'll get more opens. More opens means more clicks and more clicks means more sales. And that linear logic is broken at every single level, unless you're playing email marketing as a numbers game. That applies if your business is putting flyers through people's letterboxes to try and get everyone to know about the the new restaurant you've just opened. That logic probably applies, (coughs) applies. But when it comes to what we're doing, it just doesn't. So what you're really looking for is you're looking for the highest ultimate click-through rate that doesn't necessarily come from having higher open rates or having more subscribers. It doesn't follow that way. It isn't if I increase my open rates, everything else therefore will increase because you can do loads of things that will increase your open rates. You could put a dodgy subject line like your payment is enclosed. (laughs) If you do that, you'll get shitloads of people open the emails, but they're just going to be annoyed when they find that the email says, don't you wouldn't you love it if you got emails with payments every day you can now if you buy my new abc magic money printer machine like they're just going to be annoyed so what we're really looking to do is to use subject lines in a way that optimizes the opening of the email and the clicking of the link in the email to get the right little pool of people and that is just experimentation the more emails you send the more goals you'll score right the more emails you send the more time you'll hit this and the more naturally good at it you'll just become it's one of those things that'd be really hard for us to teach but you'll just get a knack for it
1: one of the things to think about as well is when you're writing subject lines because subject lines can affect the open rate and they can affect the, definitely affect the click-through rate and they can affect the conversions is to think about writing subject lines which have different levels of intent Right. So you definitely want to have in most campaigns, not every campaign, but most campaigns, it's going to be suitable to have a subject line, which is very bottom of the funnel, which is very like, um, you know, program name, cart open program name, closing soon, like very bottom of the funnel. The subject line tells them the whole story. There are times you're going to want to do that because you want to tell the whole story even if they don't open it up, because that'll drive them to go, oh shit, it is closing. Because a lot of times I've seen people doing like the end of, uh, end of a sale, a flash sale, an offer, a program closing, where their subject lines, if I don't open your email, I don't even know the thing's closing, right? And we want to make sure that they haven't missed that mark. But you also want to have a whole bunch of subject lines which are uh, benef- not, not necessarily benefit-driven, but like they're going to help people with the outcome you also going to want to gonna, gonna have a bunch of subject lines, which are more obscure and pure, what we call compound curiosity subject lines, which are much more obscure. We we'll talked about that in the past. Definitely go and search on, on our blog, emailmarketingheroes.com, for compound curiosity, to talk because we talk about um, how we use that to drive open rates significantly higher. So you want to make sure that your subject lines deal with people so that, from the outside i think it's basically like i think about the subject line as the label on the box the box arrives each day in our case when we email our list and sometimes the label on the box is something so obscure that i have to open the box and see what's in the box but sometimes the label on the box needs to tell me that it's this particular thing because i want that thing Yep. So um, it's a bit like some mail you get through It's just in a, in a cardboard box. You don't know what's in it. You open it from the Amazon guy who delivers it and you find out what it is when you get inside. But when you get your new, I mean, Rob and I both drink Huel, when you get the Huel box, it's got Huel written all over it. You go, oh, God, my Huel's here. I know. So
0: that's what we're going to do, but with your subject lines. Talking about the conversion rate as the third one, I think is an interesting one, and this is a much more brief one to talk about because a lot of the time, basically, if you're doing a good job of balancing open rate, this is a rule of thumb, but if you're doing a good job of balancing and optimizing the open and click-through rates and of your emails, you seem to be getting a high number of opens and a good number of clicks from those opens um, and the thing isn't converting, it's probably nothing to do with your emails. Probably. Probably. Most of the time, that's going to be like a real offer thing. The offer is wrong. The conversion mechanism, the page you're sending them to is wrong. Something about it is wrong. It could be as far back as you've got the wrong people on your list. But that's such a that's such a get out of jail free card that people come up with to, to, to excuse the more painful realization that actually their offer's crap. Um, a lot of the time, we see, we see it a lot. They just go, I think I've just got the wrong people on my list. Well, you had you probably had the list first either way that's your fault you probably had the list first in which case you created the wrong offer for the list or you create the offer first in which case you went and tracked the wrong people for the offer or as i think is largely the case the offer's just crap and if the offer was yeah. better and by crap you it. mean poorly put poorly presented
1: you know it hasn't really got a good like the the sales video the vsl the sales page just isn't really driving the the isn't presenting the value and the transformation that the offer can can have for someone. It's
0: it's sort of like you know you see the you see the girl of your dreams and you ask her on a date and she says no I think you're really ugly and then you go ah oh, she was just the wrong person. <laughs> no, you're just idiots. <laughs> Basically, that's what's happening. You've suddenly pivoted and blamed it on her for being the wrong person. Um, but uh, yeah, so so you have to do something with that. And so, largely speaking, again, a lot of the time this comes down to people take something quite bland and put it on the internet and then expect it expect emails to work wonders for it whereas actually if you just show if you if you use your emails to get massive click through rates to something that's ultimately rubbish Uh, It's not going to convert. So again, usually this is a point where when somebody brings us something and they go, this isn't converting, we'll normally go, okay, great. Let's go all the way back to the beginning and we'll work through this in order. Are you getting, have you got people on your list? Great. Have you got people opening the emails to a good number? Good. Have of those people, are they clicking? Because sometimes the disengagement thing shows up in the click-through rate too, by the way. It's not just the open rate. Sometimes you'll have people who are engaged enough to open the emails just to get them out of their red number on, you know, their unread number on Gmail. But actually they don't care. They're never going to click and look at anything. Anyway, so that happens. You're getting good numbers opened, good numbers of clicks, good. And the page just isn't converting. I guess it's probably the offer or you're not sending enough data at it. We had it really recently on one of our Q&A calls. One of our members said, got this program. It's... I think it was like $6,000 or something. It was quite expensive, higher ticket. Um, and I'm sending it to a list of 60 people and we just did the numbers on it. Maybe we'll do a different episode on that economics, but we did the numbers on it and said, if you got anyone, if you got one person to buy that at six grand from your list of 60 people, you'd be doing better email marketing than everyone I've ever met. Like most people can't make that work. Um, because you do have to have a certain number of like, critical mass looking at an offer of a certain price point anyway that's an episode for it that's a conversation from the episode but if you've got like less than 50 people and you're trying to sell an enormously expensive thing don't expect that you're not going to make that don't, don't expect to make that many sales Great, And bounce rate, as
1: we sort of mentioned before, is is really about list hygiene. Uh, We've talked about how do you keep your your email list clean. And uh, we have our LOL subscriber revival sequence that you have as a a member of our programs. Um, And this is just about making sure, especially with all the changes that have been happening over the recent months with Gmail and stuff, making sure that when you send an email, those names that are on your email list, those email addresses you're sending to are still active. they're still still got a human going in, logging in, and checking uh, those emails and reading them. And you just do that with engagement monitoring. So uh, I don't need to say much more about that. Literally, if people are not engaging with your emails after, say, 60 days, put them through a revival sequence to give them one last chance, and then unsubscribe them. And speaking of unsubscribes, what do you do uh, about your unsubscribe rate? If you feel like you have a really high unsubscribe rate, Um, first of all, people unsubscribe every single time you send an email, that's just going to happen. And what we want to do is actually encourage people to leave our email list in the early days of our relationship with them, because they've just stepped in the door. We want to make sure we leave the door open behind them so they can easily step back out again. We don't want to leave it until they're all the way into our house and they have to and we've shut the door behind them and they feel like it's a struggle to get out of. We want to make sure that we're upfront in that welcome sequence. We call it a getting to know you sequence. We say, hey, we're going to show up every single day with an email that's going to help you. It's going to have a tip, a, a trick, an idea, a piece of inspiration to help with your email marketing. If that's not for you, the door's still open. It's cool. You can click here and unsubscribe.
0: And I think what a lot of people do is they hold off and are worried about sending emails because they don't want unsubscribes. And then they just turn up to sell stuff. And then when they do, their unsubscribe is a massive mountain, which is bad for everybody. It's bad from your email platform's point of view. It's bad from Gmail's point of view. What you're much better to do, and again, the the trajectory, what happens, the result of what Kennedy just described is the trajectory is this. Every day we have people joining our email list. Those people within their first five days have the biggest spike in unsubscribes but it's happening consistently individually for lots of people. So it doesn't feel like some big spike out of the blue. And then our unsubscribe rate remains quite, you know, very low for the remainder of time. Um, It's sort of high whenever we do any big influx activity. So like when we bring a load of people in at once, again, it becomes quite high again, but relatively in their early days of being a subscriber. And then, once somebody's got past that first few weeks with us, they're unsubscribe, the unsubscribe rate is sort of very low. Those people typically are around for a long time. That's what we're looking for.
1: Yeah, and if yours is really high, like in general, like if you're like bloody hell, like 50% or 30% of people, 20% of people jo- leave my list immediately or very, very quickly, um, I would be looking at what's the way you're getting people onto your email list? The, the intention with which they join your email list – we can't rely on tricking people onto our email list, right? So for example, um, a, 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 there are some activities which are notoriously um, high unsubscribe rate activities for acquiring new people onto your email list. One of them is those bundles, right? So if in case you don't know what those bundles are, case, this is what I'm talking about when I say a bundle. It's where Maybe a bunch of people say 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 30, whatever. A bunch of people put a product into this bundle, and then that bundle gets advertised, and people buy or opt in for free to get access to all of the things in that bundle, and. Every single person who puts an item into the bundle, put a course or a program into the bundle, gets a copy of the email list. And obviously there's GDPR compliance and there's data compliance and stuff to do with that. People are saying, yes, you can do this and all that sort of stuff. But because the person who's joined that bundle hasn't actually got a relationship with you, they've just joined a bundle. You could expect that from those things, you might have a high unsubscribe rate when you start doing email marketing for those people. Or if it's another external event where, you again, you're bringing people in, basically, you can expect high unsubscribe rates from that activity. But that might be okay. Because if you know that, yes, I'm going to do that that thing once or twice a year, not very often, and from that li- that list of X people, I'm expecting a big exodus during the first few weeks, but and then I'm going to end up with some really good subscribers. If that nets out a really good uh, number of sales and a return on an, an investment for you, then you can still do it. But not all methods of bringing people in are created equal. Cold traffic running ads straight into a lead magnet, um, and the lead magnet, if it was totally blind, didn't mention the fact that you're going to actually continue emailing people, that's going to have a higher unsubscribe rate than cold traffic. To hey join my newsletter, and has it even which has it also a higher uh, unsubscribe rate than you did a guest training at someone's event. People already loved you. They joined your email list because they want to get more of you. That's going to have a lower unsubscribe rate. So remember, your unsubscribe rate is going to change depending on the source from which those people came from, where they actually came from, and just monitor the actual net outcome of each of those things because you as I. Said, You might be okay with a huge unsubscribed percentage from a certain lead source. That's totally fine if you understand why that's happening.
0: So let's talk about what we're going to do with all this data. There's a couple of bits to it. The first one is whenever you build a new campaign and you've run it for a while. So let's imagine you take our Overture campaign um, and you run it live to your email list. The first thing you want to do is obviously look at the sales. You'll probably notice those first because they tend to be the things we get like notifications about and that kind of thing. Uh, But then regardless of that, before you really allow yourself to get emotionally looking at the, you know, how much money did that make, go back and look at the data so that you have a frame of reference to look at the money from and then look at the open rate, click through rate, conversion rate, unsubscribe rate, that kind of thing. Look at that and say, okay, great. Now I know those numbers. Now let's look at the sales and compare one to the other and try and fix it. If I think it needs fixing, improve it. If I think it can be improved, go from there. Um, however, you also then want to, if you then automate that campaign, you want to check in on it, like maybe once a quarter, something like that, have like a 90 day check-in where you're going to go through each of your automations, have them in a spreadsheet or something, um, go through them and just look and go, oh, that one, if I compare the date range of the last 90 days to the, to the, the previous 90 days, um, the most recent 90 days to the previous 90 days, the, 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 all of the rates have dropped. This is crap. Uh, in which case you want to go, great. There's something shifted in the market. You know, something's changed. Uh, I'm going to tweak those subject lines to make them work better. I'm going to tweak that, that the hook or that, that the, um, offer of that angle, the angle of that offer, that kind of thing. So again, you want to look at them when you run them live, and then you want to sort of put a process in place where every 90 days, and most of the time you won't have to change anything. Most of the time this stuff works for a long time. Uh, but every now and then you might go, oh, that one's sort of not really, uh, working anymore also you'll also spot things where you go oh my god we don't even offer that anymore it's still in that email i better change that quickly because you made it years ago and it's still been making sales every day like that's not even the angle we use anymore change that so you want to do that stuff and then basically you get to use these analytics and use these metrics to make your future campaigns better uh, both with quantitative data where you look at it and you go i can see that if i do this kind of subject line it works better so i'll do more of those but also just as the knack of getting better at this you're able to, one of Kennedy, Kennedy and I's benefits is actually really just, we've done this for such a long time and sent so many millions of emails that now we sort of just have a natural hunch as to what's going to work better. when we get to use that first, not always right, but most of the time. Uh, and that's an advantage. So that's just, that's just something that comes with doing it again and again and again and again is both looking at the specific metrics, but then also just getting a gut feel for what's working better.
1: Love it, I love it. So there's some chat about some metrics, and of course, an episode on metrics from us would not be complete if we didn't talk about our north star metric that we use, um, which is EPSPM, which is your earning. Per subscriber per month, that is the north star thing that tells you how you're doing month on month on month. We should all have a spreadsheet which has the months along along the top or, or down the side. I don't care. It has, has the months, and it has t- in there how much are you earning from each subscriber for for each month. So you should have a cell a, a for January 2024, and it, a, and a number in that. And that that number is literally. The amount of money that you've made in that month. So let's say January, it's a hundred thousand dollars. And in um, and then you divide that by the number of subscribers that you had in January. And let's say it's a hundred thousand subscribers. Great. So a hundred thousand dollars divided by a hundred thousand subscribers, that is one dollar per subscriber for that month. Great. And then you do the same in February. And you do it each month retrospectively, right? February, well, we had we made $200,000, but we only still had 100,000 subscribers. So 200,000 divided by 100,000 is $2 per subscriber in February. Good news that is showing you on trend that you are getting better at email marketing. You're getting better at putting things in front of your email subscribers that they want to buy because you've just doubled your EPSPM, your earning per subscriber per month. And what's really nice is if it doesn't matter how big your list gets because you're dividing the amount of money you've made by the number of subscribers you had. You're getting a consistent, constant metric. So that's the that's the North Star metric that we're really looking for that helps you realize, hey, I'm getting better. Or why is that month down? Oh, that's because we strategically decided not to do any promotions that month. Fine. That's the reason why. Or that's because we launched that product and it bombed. It didn't work. And we've already had a meeting about that and had a bit of a cry. That's okay. We know why that is. Or there might be some surprising ones. You go, what the hell happened there? And and you get to go and figure it out. It might be that you didn't bring in many new subscribers. Or there could be lots of different reasons. So definitely look at your earnings per subscriber per month, which brings all of these numbers together, gives you that North Star top-line metric, and then you can use open rate, click-through rate, conversion rate, bounce rate, and unsubscribe rate as the... um, as the diagnostic analytics to figure out how to improve on your earnings per subscriber per month. Okay? So really important. cool stuff. Um, and it's, you know, and, and it just allows you to get creative with all this stuff. It's amazing. Brilliant. Rob, are you ready for yeah. this week's drum roll, please? Subject line of
0: the week. Subject line, line of the, of the week.
1: week. Sorry, I lost my finger footing there. I was gonna say I lost my finger ring, but I don't think it sounds like I lost my ring that's on my finger, my finger ring.
0: Anyway, yes. Anyway, uh, or something else. Never mind. Um, my human. The, the subject line is my humiliating webcam mishap. And what I like is the idea of a subject line where people get to like f- paint their own picture immediately. Like it takes if I say, "Oh, I had this really humiliating uh, web <laughs> webcam mishap." It takes a third of a second for any grown adult to think of what might have happened there. And everyone's little vision of it will be different. Um, But I think it's just suitable for them. Yeah. And they want to find out, oh my God, is that what it was, you know? Yeah, I love it. So that's this week's Subject Line of the Week. Subject Line of the Week.
1: We're back again next email marketing Wednesday with a brand new episode so make sure you do hit subscribe on your podcast player and if you have a moment right now we'd really appreciate it if you would go to your podcast player and leave us a review and tell us what it is you enjoyed about this episode and let others hear what you what you think of it it helps others see how good the show is and it also tells the podcast players that we're doing a good job and shows the episodes to more people and that helps us spread the word thank you so much for doing that and uh, yeah we'll see you next week the